Welcome to the Blackout Podcast, where I get to talk to amazing people who do amazing things. And today I have my friend. Wait, so I love what he says on your Instagram. I try to copy it, but I'm going to mess it up. But I know it. The artist, DJ, I was happy to see DJ on Graphic illustrator, animator. I didn't even know about the animator part, but basically you do a lot of stuff. And you're so cool. Thank <laughs> Thanks for coming to the Blackout <laughs> Podcast today. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Okay, so like all these things you do, which one came first? I would say like the visual art, like drawings, um, drawings like illustration-based stuff, um, and music. I would say, even though I haven't DJed for very long, um, yeah, music has always kept me company and inspired my art too. Hmm. Yeah. And then... Like drawing, like, was it like just, you know, how you, kids would draw and you never stopped? Pretty much. Like, it's actually funny. I didn't really complete a lot of art pieces oh. until I got a lot older. I would start a lot of things and doodle a lot. Um, but I never really started or finished very much unless it was like a school, mm. like a art class project. Oh. Um, so it was really just about self-expression and kind of healing, I guess, for healing. the longest time. Yeah, oh. just like processing stuff I was going through or things I was seeing in the world or, mm. yeah. Mm. <clears throat> um, okay, so paint, um, drawing. Like, I, I mean, I remember, um, was it, not a Kaiba, uh, eye level. Uh, you had a talk and I guess that's kind of where... I realized how important, like, talking about mental health and taking care of yourself is. Like, when did that one start for you? Hmm. I would say um, probably around when I had my first art show. Um, I started working at Alter Egos, actually, which is not far from where we're at right now, <laughs> uh, just on Gottagen Street. And I was encouraged to have an art show. So I finally started finishing things. Because <laughs> <laughs> I had to, a reason. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but then also because I had finished pieces, I um, became involved in more like social justice related um, like arts exhibitions and stuff. Mm. Um, I became involved at the Art Gallery of Nova Scotia too. Mm. Um, so I used to lead classes there, but I started out actually um, a painted of a painting of mine, like it was a self-portrait, um, was featured in an exhibition that they had. Yeah. And that's how I met Youth Art Connection. And then it just kind of snowballed, really. Mm. Yeah. And then with Youth Art Connection, what did you do there? Um, yeah, so I worked there um, as a facilitator uh, before I was hired full time. Um, and I worked for a project that was called Jaya, which is like J-A-Y-A. It was justice and art and, oh my God, youth in action. <laughs> <laughs> so we led like uh, different, basically like, kind of like really focused, uh, they were called peace forums across the province. What was it? Um, so basically I was a facilitator, um, but there was a team of us, it was like me and somebody named Jay Brew, who's a rapper actually, uh, and Kelly McNeil and Ryan Veltmeyer. Mm. Ryan all, is cool. Yeah, so he was our boss and he, um, yeah, got funding to do this. And so we would go to like specific locations. We went to Eskasoni. We went to um, Annapolis Valley as well. 
Um, we did one in Halifax as well during Black History Month. That was the very first one. Mm. Um, and they each had their own kind of focus too, like a, a topic focus. Mm. Mm -hmm. What were some of the topics, if you can recall? Um, I remember the Black History one was really focused on like celebrating stuff that was happening, but also, unfortunately, because um, conversations about like street checks and um, police violence and all of those things we know are very real, mm. um, were like really prominent at the time and really starting to kick off. Mm. Um, that ended up kind of being a lot of the scope of that project too, unintentionally. Right. Um, but we were like, we can't not talk about it. Um, and the one in Annapolis, I believe, was about gender-based violence. Um, so we invited like people who offer services to survivors, but also um, it was like a lot of students as well. It was at the university there mm. um, at Acadia. And I can't remember the other ones off the top of my head, but there was a few. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> okay. And uh, before we continue down the uh, music part, the, the sorry, arts part, let's talk a little bit about music, you know, with DJing and stuff. Um, there's one thing, listening to music, even sharing songs you love mm -hmm. versus, okay, I'm actually going to put myself out there. Hey, what made you decide? I would say my partner, actually. Um, so my partner, he's, his name is DJ Fadzwa when he DJs. He's amazing and is like, I would say one of the first um, people in Halifax to like play Afrobeats like really, really proudly before it really got really popular. Um, and just African music in general, mm. um, and also just black music that like isn't super mainstream. Um, so going to those parties just like lit me up <laughs> when I was younger, <laughs> and I would dance my little ass off. But yeah. um, also in talking to him and like getting to go to all of these events and support him as a DJ too. Mm. Um, yeah, he like shared with me that him DJing was actually about like being able to be out in public and be involved at parties, but having a task and being able to kind of like control how people interact with you actually in a way. Um, but also about, it's really about like holding space and realizing that. And the fact that I've done that with my art for a long time, like always creating different closed spaces for black folks or BIPOC people um, mm. or artists in general. Um, yeah, I was like, I wanna do that with music too. So I started DJing, um, when I worked at the Kyber actually. Um, luckily they do like visual art, but also music shows and stuff. So they're really supportive. <laughs> you know, you mentioned the holding space thing. And so it's good that you brought the Kyber up because I was going to talk about, I can't, I think it was like 2020, 21. Anyway, you, there was this specific thing just for BIPOC folks. Mm -hmm. Why was it important for you to do that? Because I was like, I'm tired of getting groped when I'm out and like being made a spectacle honestly when I'm just dancing and having a good time mm. um it also like I've had a lot of friends like share experiences with me about dealing with racist bouncers or just like even like gatekeeping trying to get into events like people not accepting their ideas um just so many things mm. but really um for me it was also about like creating a space for like joy and like respite away from the white gaze because it's, yeah, in Nova Scotia, it's hard to escape. Mm. It can make us feel like small and surveilled a lot of the time, I guess would be the right term. Wow. Yeah. You know, it's one of those things where 
you you like you knew it happens and you kind of just push it to the back of your mind but when it's highlighted you're like of course mm -hmm. of course you know and that was it was beautiful honestly we were all just shouting and dancing and <laughs> <laughs> we um also like really prioritized accessibility so like i had a friend for example who um has like a a condition in their spine where they just need to lay down and stuff so I was able to even like create a little like quiet space like make over office and make a bed for her on the floor mm. for when she needed to take breaks um yeah so it's also really cool how we can be creative about supporting people to show up too wow wow <laughs> uh, and how did you were you working at Kaipa then how did you get to work there and what were you doing there yeah um I actually started working at Kyber and it would have been November of 2018, um, I had been going to events there because um, of my partner, Tina, who introduced me, like I said, um, mainly dance parties and artist talks, I would say. Um, but yeah, I started there as a program coordinator in November of 2018 um, and led a bunch of different programming. Um, I did that for, it was about a year and a half. Um, and then I was like, oh, I actually like want to learn more about like how to fund like spaces so that we can do more of this and was thinking like bigger scale too, I would say. Mm. Um, and really wanted to support my colleague, Hannah Guinan, cause um, yeah, she's been the director at Kyber for, when I was working there, it was six years. I'm not sure how many, it's probably <laughs> seven or eight now. Wow. Um, and she's been holding it down for mm. a long time. So yeah, wanted to step in to learn from her and what, what are some of the things you say you would have learned well? Um, definitely like event coordination. Um, I learned a lot also by like using my art to boost their promotions and stuff. I made a lot of the posters for events and um, like outreach stuff too. Mm. It also just like allowed me to make a lot of connections that I probably wouldn't have made otherwise with artists too. Like also international artists because mm. Kyber does artist residencies as well. So people from all over you know what something just <laughs> hit my mind now i know it's not kaiba but like it was obey mm -hmm. and there was this situation where like um it was uh, i think an artist came for the obey festival and made a performance of some i think I know. guy's music yeah and it was but a white she was woman saying the words and, yeah it was like a white woman who yeah. had studied studied with and like carries on the legacy of i can't remember the artist's name yeah. but i know he's passed on yeah. he was a black man a black gay man i believe i hope i'm right in that um just the work unfortunately through her body uh was saying yeah the n-word over and over again i wasn't there but had many friends who were in attendance mm. um and my colleague was in attendance, so helped address that situation as yeah. well. Yeah, yeah, I know. Like, well, I mean, that's been, I, I knew it was handled way back then, but just mentioning that and Kaiba and all that just just flooded back into my mm -hmm. mind. Anyway, that you know. Time. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, being in such, I guess, situations and how do you navigate stuff like that? Because, you know, you've been in either in leadership positions or coordinating things like that. How do you handle? It's really tricky. Um, the main thing is just to, like, be responsive. So, like, to not act like it's not happening. Right. Um, but especially, really, to, like, listen to the people who are affected by what's happened. 
Um, like there was a black artist in that room. There weren't very many. Uh, I believe there was only one or two, if I remember correctly. Mm. Um, so also just like thinking about how alienating that would be for that person in that room and how to prevent that from ever happening again. Mm. Um, but also in addressing those things, it's like we can't address them in isolation. Like we have to work together to come up with the solutions. Yeah. Um, yeah. And try to think as restoratively as we can, because we also... I'm like abolition minded. So I'm like, I don't want to also like be weird and um, punitive, but actually just want to talk through stuff and be like, this is why it's not okay. Mm -hmm. I didn't get to be a part of that conversation specifically. Like I said, I wasn't there, but um, mm -hmm. that's usually my approach. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. So, you know, jumping back in time a little bit, you, you had this art show and I've begun this journey. Um, now, getting back to just your art itself, what are some of the things that change in your creating art from that, then, that point when you did your art show till now? Ooh, I would say um, my medium has definitely changed and expanded a lot. Mm. Um, over the years, I've also gotten a few new injuries and things too, and in recent years have been struggling with a lot of chronic migraines and chronic pain, so... Um, I've been making a lot of digital art in the past few years, but I've had to slow down a bit because it causes the migraines and creates a weird cycle. Oh. Um, so that's actually kind of where I got into making jewelry and stuff because it's like I'm able to um, make things off of a screen, keep my hands busy even when I'm in pain, you know? Mm. Um, but it's also kind of meditative because of that and helpful. So yeah, I'm also like the... I feel like some of my art has become less personal, but also when I look at my art in hindsight a few months later, I'm always like, shit, that person looks like me. <laughs> 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 Which I think is a common thing for people like painters and yeah. Yeah, so many no, I'm too. really envious of people that can paint <laughs> and stuff. And they're always telling me, ah, oh, you know, everyone can paint. I don't think so. I really don't think everyone can paint because I've tried it. I just, like, you can't do it. I think everybody can paint, honestly. It's not going to, like, so there used to be this thing. I think I don't know if they still do it, but basically you go to this place. It's like you drink and paint thing. Oh, yeah, like a sip and paint. Yeah, and then the lady or person is in front of thing and they're painting and you're kind of just... And yes, like, I've led one of those before. <laughs> it just doesn't look like that. Like, I try. Yeah, I that's try. okay, though. <laughs> that's why you just have to keep trying. But oh also, God. it's like, you need to find your own way of painting as the thing, too. It's like, that's probably just not what the right process. What do you mean right by your own way? You. Like, what do you actually, what would you want to paint? Or what would you want to paint about? Or like, you could meditate and then create a painting based off of that, you know? It's like... Mm. Yeah, that your creative process can actually yeah. be whatever you need it to be. It doesn't have to be like a painting of a sunset. Uh, <laughs> yeah, because yeah. there was one who was like this person holding an umbrella. Yeah. And then there was one that was like snowfalls in the tree. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's they make it look so simple. Just do this and <laughs> do that. Like Bob Ross. Yes! I'm like, no, no, it's not, it's not working for me. But... Um, like I can appreciate it because I know mm -hmm. the amount of work that goes into it. Absolutely. And like over the years, you have this huge, huge body of work. Does it ever? I mean, physically tired, but mentally, I yeah. Um, I would say so for sure. Like, there's definitely times when I've 
um, faced burnout and stuff, um, which I think is just, especially with the pandemic bound to happen, you mm. know? Um, but yeah, I guess that was also part of the step towards me creating my business last year too. Mm. Um, and stepping away from, um, arts admin work is like, I really wanted to be able to focus on my business and what I want to make and what collaborations I want to have beyond representing an institution, even if the institution's really awesome. Mm, yeah. <laughs> mm. I mean, you know, sometimes you have to make time for yourself. Mm -hmm. Okay. I mean, <laughs> I, I'll, I'll get to the business part in a bit. Okay. So you make, uh, you love what you're doing. Mm -hmm. And um, some of some of the, I guess, the art you, it's like telling difficult stories. It, are there things you do to prepare yourself for that? And then after you've done that, are there also things you do? Hmm, that's a really good question, actually. I feel like I make impulsively kind of a lot of the time. Mm. Like, I, like sometimes it will be like I'm meditating, I'm like, and you get a juicy idea and it just comes out. But I feel like mostly it's, really just like taking my time and allowing myself time to like clear my head actually, like almost like a palate cleanse <laughs> um, if I can. Um, and actually like, yeah, I really try to also take breaks from making if I can. It's oh, yeah. hard in this economy right now, mm -hmm. but still really prioritizing that. Mm -hmm. um, also, so I just have the energy to keep making stuff because it's like, I don't want to just do the short term. I want to do it long term. So. Mm kind of trying to do it sustainably as much as I can and do self-care. Um, and afterwards, I feel like I, yeah, mostly like lean on community and ask for feedback and hope it's good. <laughs> <laughs> but if it's not, thank you. <laughs> then I know how to do better. <laughs> yeah, affirmation's really helpful for me. Right. So you mentioned um, COVID, the pandemic. And I'm curious, right, like, you know we're in this weird places there's not there whatever but right at the beginning you know when everything was shut down how was it for you how do you handle it do your art play any role in it for you i would definitely say so um i was working at kyber then also mm -hmm. um so most of my time was spent either drawing on my ipad making my my art for my business or creating resources for kyber because Kyber is also very responsive. I created a lot of like toolkits also and workshops online mm. so people could like uh, access them at any time. Mm -hmm. um, so I used my art to like draw basically like step-by-step -step little manuals of like how to make zines and um, yeah, put a compilation of those together. Mm. Um, kind of did try to do as many like online low pressure things as I could too to also still connect with people because I knew a lot of people were also feeling isolated and really like frustrated and scared and all of these really hard emotions too. Mm. So I was like, we got to put them somewhere. Mm. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you do, you do really cool stuff. And then when you say things like this, I'm like, does it, I guess, get too much? It can be sometimes, honestly. And that's when I really try to take a step back for mm. myself um, and just be real. If I'm working with people, I just really try to communicate what, what my like capacity is, especially. Mm. Mm. Um, yeah, because a lot of my work is like even the content is very emotional. Mm. Some of it can become heavy. 
um, yeah, again, not try not to stay isolated. It's the most important part, especially. Okay, another question that I was like, whenever I get to, I'm going to ask you is encouraging honesty. I love the, I love the name, you know, and just the phrase itself is just so powerful because communication is really, really, really important. But honest communication is super important. Mm -hmm. So where did the encouraging honesty name come from? To be honest, <laughs> uh, back in the day, this would be probably like eight or nine years now, okay. um, I had started like a WordPress website oh. and I was like, what do I want my art to do? And I was like thinking about it so much and I was using like one of those name generator things mm. online um, and I kept like trying to think of like words, like keywords that were in my art or related to it. Um, and encouraging honesty was one of the things that popped up based on what I typed in. Oh. Um, and I, it just stuck. Honestly, I used it for Tumblr also back in the... Oh, it was actually Tumblr before WordPress. Mm. Um, that might be 10 years ago now. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, it just stuck, honestly. Um, and it was actually really hard for me to make the jump to make a Bria Makes Things account. Mm. Because I felt so attached to the encouraging honesty, which is really funny, but... It's fine now. <laughs> Trying to separate the two. Okay, okay. So you're like, encouraging on AC is you. Yeah. This is my art, this is stuff. But like, Bram makes things is your company. Yes. So like where you can buy all the things. All the things. hire me, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, talking about hiring you, I remember going to this conference and I'm like seeing you here doing something with CBC. What was the story there? Yeah, so I um, was invited um, last August to actually like um, graphic facilitate um, and make live art during um, the National Black Canadian Summit, which was at the Halifax Convention Center. Mm. I believe it was, it wasn't a week long, but it was like a few days long. Um, yeah, so I was there for, oh, it was three days. That's what it was. Um, so each day I drew um, like a graphic that, um, encapsulated like some of the engagement that I did mm. uh, so I had like a poster board where I was asking people questions and everybody could write on the post-its and add their questions up um, yeah and then I would put that into the art piece also mm. so they haven't uh, CBC hasn't released it yet I think they're still working on exactly how they want to mm. uh, release them but um, there was me and a few other awesome black artists too um, so their content will be out at some point. I don't know when or where exactly, but <laughs> yeah, no. I mean, yeah. um, I remember seeing you then seeing that. I'm like, I mean, your work is very beautiful. It's very expressive. But do you ever, you know, this whole thing that some artists, not all, but at least some artists, feel like, oh, my work is not good enough. Do you ever have that ish? I, w I would say yeah, for sure. Like I feel like. Um, something I've talked about quite a bit over the years is like Im experiencing imposter syndrome, mm. which I think also just living in a predominantly white province will just do to you, period. Um, but yeah, like realizing how undervalued um, black art is, like in terms of like the actual art industry um, mm. is just like really, was really startling, uh, but of course makes so much sense. Um, even just going to places like the art gallery, like I said, um, 
yeah, they like invited me into their vaults where they store all of this, like tens of thousands of pieces of art and it's like in a refrigerator to preserve it. <laughs> and we ain't in there, <laughs> like, <laughs> you know? So just, yeah, that sometimes, even if it's subconsciously can get right. to you a little bit, you know? Yeah. Um, but really trying to, to fight that, you know? But then when you have the, I guess, the experience of having your work being there in an exhibit in the art gallery, how does, does that, I guess, not like negate that or counter that, but how does that feel for you? It was kind of a trip, I won't lie. <laughs> uh, and actually I got to do, uh, when I got to see those vaults would have been actually after my work was oh, displayed because right. that would have kind of been my the beginning of my relationship with those folks. Um, and then they had invited me to kind of do some like diversity consultation. Okay, kinda. it's a good thing you mentioned that word. <laughs> <laughs> so that was kind of how that played out. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> there, there is a, there is a. A friend of mine put up this. Oh, fuck, I should have saved it. But it was a post on Instagram, and it's a father and a child, and the and the father tells the child like I'm getting this wrong, but this is a like the spirit of the cartoon, right? The father tells the child, son, I'm sorry, I'm not going to be around because, you know, it's February and I'm going to get oh. all the work I'm going to get. <laughs> I mean, true. Jeez. And I'm not going to have any opportunity <laughs> for you. But like, the basically, you know, the the caption on that was like, so, you know, it's like, it's February. We, you have to squeeze all the things you mm -hmm. need black people to and do. And then be asked last minute, uh, probably. <laughs> <laughs> and then it's like, oh, much. Crickets, right? So, uh, when you mentioned diversity, <laughs> <laughs> and that was the thing that came to mind, that cartoon, but, like, what is the experience of that? Uh, that, that tracks, yeah. That is very real, and um, even just, like, support for my art was really boosted, for example, when Black Lives Matter popped off, mm. um, and has really trickled down since then, which mm. has been interesting to see. Mm. I'm like also probably partly because of the economy, of course, and people had Serb around then, so that also brought, mm. everybody was like, give me that, give me that. <laughs> 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 but yeah, I I don't even know how to speak to that. I'm, I'm just like, yeah, that is very accurate. Mm. And I hate how normalized it is for us to be tokenized and we need to fight against that however yeah. we can yeah i mean i guess for me it's like first off uh when i like i'm from nigeria right mm -hmm. move to canada great love it i don't i'm not a huge fan of winter but fine whatever like i can't speak for all the black people but like i, I was always wondering why is february the like the black like i don't know many black people that love winter and stuff mm -hmm. like could have done Coldest made it month a, of the year. Made it a different month or something. <laughs> I was like, um, and then the other thing is like, you know, you have this, I guess, shortest month in the year, and then you have to do all these things, and you know, the spotlight is on you, and then it's like, okay, pff, I'll see you next February or something. Basically. <laughs> it's it can be difficult. It can be difficult. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, I'm just speaking for myself. I'm not speaking for all the people. I'm just saying this is like, come on. <clears throat> I hear you. I hear you. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so yeah, diversity. I mean, I, I will say though that there are people that are doing things, but then on the other hand, there are people that are just checking boxes. Like when you 
find yourself in places where you can tell, oh, fuck, you're just checking your box. How do you navigate that? I uh, try to make them aware of that as politely as possible, usually. I've also, because I've worked as a facilitator, I've led anti-racism workshops, anti-oppression workshops. Um, I also worked at Elizabeth Fry Society uh, for a while, which was amazing, mm. uh, as a caseworker um, and led an anti-racism workshop there um, with like some, there was like lawyers and um, some probation officers even. So mm. I was training them, which was intimidating, I won't lie, but... Um, yeah, you just got to have the conversation and be like, respectfully, no. Mm, <laughs> like, we, mm. we can't proceed this way. A relationship actually looks like this. Mm, yeah. Mm, mm. Yeah, <clears throat> it's about doing that. I'm like, we came here to talk about your arts. <laughs> Super pretty and stuff. And, you know, one of the things that stood out for me was the power of the Black Power of Girls. What was the story here? I got to ask. I want to start with this. I just love cartoons, really. And I was like, you know what I don't really see very often is, like, black cartoon characters or mm. remixes of, like, cartoons that we love. Mm. And so I was just like, if I want it, I guess i got to create it. <laughs> <laughs> I remember, um, actually, it, I drew a lot of them in the winter. Um, so a lot of those stickers, mm. especially the black cartoon characters, are um, from, like, paper illustrations that I would have done. Um, yeah, quite a few years ago, I would say maybe about eight years ago or so. Mm. Um, some of them are new, remind you, but, um, yeah, they also were like made in the winter when I was just like watching a lot of cartoons. Another too. one I really love is this one. <laughs> is it winter? Yeah. <laughs> I was saying it all the time. <laughs> I like, it's a week come, not COVID. I love it. I love it. I love it. I Again. love it. But you know what? Like, you could have just written it and it will still work. But mm -hmm. I think what added that extra was the hand. <laughs> There's so many variations too. <laughs> <laughs> I even had keychains at one point, but they're they're also they'll add to make more. <laughs> <laughs> and and that's like when uh, some of the things people can get from the website. What's the website again? Yeah, um, my website is uh, com. Okay, so what I want to do is like we have so many things here. We have your jewelry and stuff, but like you came with this box because it came from the market, and I was like, I need to share some of these things as much as possible. So I'm going to get it and then we'll be right back, okay? Amazing, okay. Uh, yeah, I mean, first of your astrology journal. Yeah, so... Story here. That is actually a collaborative uh, endeavor uh, made with a friend who's a bookbinder whose business is called Mule Mother Books. So she hand binds them. And my friend uh, Amanda, who's a astrologer and also a certified uh, hypnotherapist too. So she made like the... Uh, like the actual content. Um, it basically allows you to learn about your astrological birth chart, and it's also a planner, too. Oh. And it's dateless, so for people oh, like me who have... do your thing when you want to do it. Mm -hmm. And you get to And I guess you made yourself. all the art inside and stuff. Totally. Wow. Okay. A little collab. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Another one of these ones where it's like, story here. I was just feeling a lot of emotions. Mm. <laughs> um, and actually, yeah, I feel like I made that when I was pretty sad, but I wanted to transform those emotions. And then I was like, oh, I need more Black Mermaids. Here we go. <laughs> it, it reminds me of um, 
what was it the little mermaid uh, controversy oh, yeah. that happened do you remember totally. like everyone lost their mind because like the mermaid that is that effect thing is now black. I don't. Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't understand. That rage it. was too much. <laughs> I love her. Penny Proud. Also from a cartoon. <laughs> so so like I mean, growing up and seeing all these things, and not seeing yourself versus creating these things where you see a version of yourself in there. Like, how does it feel? It feels like empowering. I would say. Mm. Um, like affirming too and it also feels really really good when I get to hear from other people their excitement like if somebody walks up to my table like oh my god that's Riley and Huey from Boondocks I'm like yeah <laughs> it like warms that was my gonna heart be, that, oh, was, yeah. that was gonna <laughs> perfect time <laughs> that was what I was gonna be while I pulled up next I'm like the fuck <laughs> my reaction to the last minute invitations so you, you know over. what like um I remember you know when I found out that Regina King voices the two of them like mm-hmm. he blew my I mean I love her already but then finding out that she does the two of them, just like... I know. I didn't realize until long after I had already watched it, mm. you know? Oh, I man. busted out laughing. It's I was such like, a beautiful course. show. <laughs> it's such a beautiful show. And, and like, you know what I love the most about Boondocks is that it doesn't sugarcoat things. Mm-mm. It's like, even when, like, you know, as black people, we have our own fuck-ups too. And he's like, listen, this is... One of the episodes that I really talked about that was the... The, yeah, there's a few, but like the Eaters episode. Do you remember? It's like, so the, the, these new restaurants came oh, out. Oh, yes, with the and beds. You eat. <laughs> 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 it's like, oh, like, you know, I'm like, oh, we should just keep this thing somewhere. But I, I that's what I love about it. It wasn't afraid to say, yeah, we will, we have our own things too. <laughs> There's a lot of social commentary in that show. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I'm like, they need to make some new so episodes. So I remember <laughs> seeing this one thinking, it's like so much sitting so little. Like, how mm-hmm. do you, how do you, you're so cool. Like, how do you do mm-hmm. that, you know? With, like, so much sitting. This one was actually drawn um, from a photo that a friend took. And mm-hmm. I was like, whoa, mm-hmm. can I take a, or can I draw that? Um, so a friend had posted to uh, her story. Her name's Sadie Beaton. Um, and yeah, allowed me to draw it. And it just kind of took off. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> wow, 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 wow. Okay, so like like I said, we have so many things here. Mm-hmm. There's, there's a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Caffeine themed. Yes, I drew. This was actually a, a, originally a sticker mm. uh, that I used to sell at the counter of Alter Egos when I worked there. Oh, mm-hmm. so all the all the egos started a lot of things. Mm-hmm. I was like, and that was your first ad show and just launched all this. But like, okay, so you're creating all this, having markets and stuff. But when it, at what point you're like, okay, I'm gonna just do my company. What was I guess that push for you? I would say, act, like when I worked at Alter Egos, honestly. Um, because my boss was so supportive. Mm. Um, and also she, Michelle Strum, um, the owner of Alter Egos, like bought that building when she was 23. Um, and yeah, is like still going strong 
and just a really great mentor. I'm actually in a program that she's facilitating right now awesome. to teach me how to um, sell my stuff wholesale and pitch my stuff to stores. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, so it's just been really supportive and no. a good mentor. Yeah. It's great to have people like that in your life, right? Big time. And like, you, nothing as having people <laughs> that support you through everything you're doing. Okay, yeah, I like this one too. Yeah, for years, she's just been like, you can't work for other people, Bria, just do it. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yes. This one was made so long ago, too. Mm. Um, this would have been one of the paintings, actually, that I finished for that art show, the very first one. I, I You know what? I don't want to say that I guessed it, but I was like, I've seen, you know, the wall. There's this wall, obviously, you know, the wall. And all of a sudden, it goes with the thing. Yeah. And I was like, I've seen something like this. Mm -hmm. And, you know... There's so many things in here, but I want to end with this piece. And like, when you're making it, what, what's going through your mind? What were you trying to create here? I think I was really just thinking about like, yeah, making art with substance. And also I was reading a lot of Audre Lorde at the time too, um, was like a black queer writer. Um, I also would have created this piece um, not long after traveling to Washington, DC. Um, with a group of Black Nova Scotians too. We went there to um, meet people from Black Lives Matter there. Um, it was like a group led by Jay Tynes actually. Oh, nice. Um, yeah, so also was just really inspired by that trip and all the stuff I read and learned and I was like, I need to put it into something. <laughs> <laughs> and you sure did. Okay, um, I mean, we can spend all day just like, and this one, and this <laughs> one. But um, I'm going to let you go, though. I know I said that was my last one, but this is my real last one. Why is making art important? I want to say, like, self-expression is not only a necessity, but, like, our expression is a birthright. Like, we have our voice. We need to use it, whether that's literally with our voice or if that has to come through our hands, you know? Mm. Um, yeah, I feel like we all have a story to be told. We do. <laughs> Thank you so much, Brianna. It's been awesome. I've had a great time. Thank you so much for coming today. Thanks so much for having me. This is awesome. Yeah. <laughs>